Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everybody and welcome to a brand new spoiler review episode of ms marvel here from the geek buddies <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> all right there shannon you uh, what's going on little, there? Uh, right. geeky frog in your throat what you got uh, i don't have i have my morning coffee yet <laughs> Well, he sounds like buddies. I'm doing, I'm doing my best Ma Fratelli impersonation right now. Uh, that arose from Monsters Unit, Monsters Inc. Yeah, right. with our king. <laughs> uh, well, we're jumping in here. Buddies. <laughs> we're jumping into the season finale here of Ms. Marvel. No normal. We're going to jump into all of it and talk about it all. This is a spoiler review episode, so we will be spoiling it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Then come back and watch it. Or if you don't care, stick around, hang out with us. We're going to spoil the whole thing for you. Then maybe you'll decide if you want to watch that finale afterwards for sure. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. Mike. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the Goldbergs. Yeah, yeah. Soon to be hopefully more stuff. And of course, they're going to see the three of us at Comic-Con coming up real soon this week. So we have officially kind of begun Comic-Con week as we're recording this here on a Sunday. So excited to get into all the things that are going to be happening there. But what feels like it's going to be a chill Comic-Con until maybe Saturday and then every, all the breaks are going to come off and it's going to be a runaway train. For sure. Uh, but look, let's uh, also give some love to Carbon Health. Carbon Health powers and sponsors us here at the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. Uh, go to carbonhealth.com for any healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. 
you want to have addressed. Hey, we're all on the go. We all got stuff going on, but health is super important to keep us going on. Keep us doing things. Look, I started working out last night for the first time in three years. My body's in pieces this morning, but it's about getting into good health again. And that's what's important here. And that's what Carbon Health likes to do with you all. Create a specialized plan for you because they do care about their clients and their customers and getting them in the best shape possible so they can live as long as possible as well. And hey, as I said, we're all on the go. So there's an app as well that you can download for Carbon Health. Have a doc in your pocket for any healthcare questions or concerns you have on the go. They have 125 locations uh, nationwide, 80 plus locations in California with urgent care, COVID testing, primary care at some of their facilities as well. And they partner with us because Carbon Health genuinely cares about positive communities like the Geek Buddies who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. And certainly this episode, gentlemen, had a huge amount of expressions of life for sure as we jump it into did. it uh, michael really quick uh, though shannon yeah. shannon do you have carbon health on speed dial <laughs> <laughs> i have a little i have the app concerns I, ha- I had to take a covid test a few weeks ago oh, so i, I, I just want to make sure I just want to make sure the doc in our pocket is ready to go in case John yeah. passes out halfway through this review after working out for the first time in three years. I just I want mean, to make sure. As, I, mean, I don't want to leave any man behind. I don't want to leave any man behind. Yeah. I want to make well, sure what? we're good. Well, you don't. You're not to blame for that. You were busy that night. So. For all of our for all of our podcast listeners, John literally has no arms right now because he worked out so hard. <laughs> this is how I brushed my hair this morning. It, it was tough. <laughs> part of the game. It's part of the game getting back in health. It's time to get back into shape, for God's sakes. Uh, anyway, so let's get into this thing. Michael, I uh, always love to start with you when we talk about the overall reactions to any of the shows that we review here. So please, finale for Ms. Marvel, the known, uh, called No Normal. Thoughts on how they stuck the landing? Because that's usually been the issue with a lot of these Marvel TV shows. So talk to me about how you felt about this finale overall. I mean, overall, I think Marvel TV shows need to be eight episodes at least because I think that it is a consistent problem that you get to that episode, you get to the end of episode five and you're like, how are they going to do everything? And then you get to episode six and you're like, all right, well, they did it very quickly. Um, So I think that Miss Marvel is no different from pretty much most of the other Marvel shows in that uh, the finale, the wrap up, the third act battle, the big thing, it always feels a little rushed. Uh, a little messy because they were trying to fit everything in there. And I think that was definitely the case here. But that being said, and I said this on Twitter and I know we've all talked about it, like the stuff that this show needed to get right, they got right so, so, so hard. Uh, And I think the finale did that too. I think even though some of the action stuff, some of the wrap up with the big battle, maybe didn't 100% tick all the boxes, Everything with Kamala Khan's uh, arc to becoming a hero, everything with Kamala and her family, everything with Jersey sort of rallying around Kamala as their hometown hero, uh, I think worked amazingly well. Uh, I think there was some really lovely moments. Um, I think that I am just super excited that Miss Marvel has made it into the MCU uh, in more or less the way that we all want her to be. And then the two uh, ending credit sequences got me pretty stoked. So we will get to those as well. But so all in all, even though I think it suffers from what most of the Marvel shows suffered from, the stuff that was charming from the beginning remained charming and really just like, this is maybe the most feel good of the Marvel TV shows to me. 
Yeah, I think that might be right. Absolutely. In terms of feel good for sure, Mike. Uh, Shannon McClung, thoughts overall on this finale here? You know, you've had this is Deaver heavy, my man. So I was worried about you the most as I was watching this finale. So talk to me about call Carbon doing. Health. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon got a Deaver problem. Talk him a puck. <laughs> what, what did you feel about this overall finale here and how it stuck the landing? You know, I think in terms of just the episode by itself, I think they fully stuck the landing. I okay. think coming into this episode, it was sort of like Cougar at the beginning of the original Top Gun. That plane was very, very shaky. Nice but reference. ultimately, I think the episode was quite good. Um, and even though I have not been a huge fan of uh, Alicia Reiner's performance, I do think this one worked. Mm. Um, maybe because she did have a little bit more... Um, screen real estate that was kind of like okay we're able to kind of kind of get a better sense of her it's like okay you're the bad guy you're the bad guy I totally get it she right. wasn't as cigar chomping as she was in like was it episode one or episode two that i was like ah oh, this is this is painful yeah. um but agree with vogel i mean what they did brilliantly throughout the series is you are so invested in kamala and the people in kamala's life that that big action set piece really you're on the edge of your seat because you're not just you're not just with Kamala you're with Yusuf you're with yeah. Maniba you're with Bruno you're with Kamran yeah. um so like character character wise like I really think they nailed it I just think in the middle of the series it did take a little dip hmm. and looking back on it I'm kind of like huh is there a different way to tell the story where it doesn't take that dip because having um Adil and Bilal return to do the premiere and do the finale those guys just inject so much energy yeah. it's like I wish this had been the through line throughout the show yeah, I think that's been the consistent gripe through, I think, through all these Marvel shows is that I don't think we've had one director, well, maybe occasionally we've had one director who's done the whole thing, but it's been like kind of like handing it off. And I think you see the results of that, and it doesn't necessarily bode well. So I, I'm trying to think right off the I can't think off the bat if there has been one person who's directed all the episodes. Matt Shackman. Well, Matt, Sh yeah, Matt Shackman with WandaVision. For one and, of okay, so and uh, whoever the the woman who did Falcon and Winter Soldier, she okay. did all she, she did, did all, all the well. all the episodes. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, with two different then two different because I mean, WandaVision is pretty much the most well liked uh, overall. Falcon Winter Soldier pretty much the most derided of them. So an interesting approach there. So yeah, but I agree with you, uh, Shannon. Certainly more life in this one uh, than we've seen the last couple of episodes. I mean, the last couple of episodes though had to lay this groundwork for what we're going to have. And in these in these moments here, in this episode here, this idea of her connection to her family, the idea of the costume, I mean, coming in a toffee box. Like, there's so much that was kind of hinted at or alluded to here in this finale that uh, was connected to the previous two episodes, the stuff with Najma, the stuff with Kamran. So there was a lot here. But I, I enjoyed the finale overall. And this is – but this is where I start to get – okay, I do know it's a young adult show. So that – but it doesn't mean it has to be simple or easy – and I think sometimes they defaulted, as Michael said, to like shoving everything into this finale rather than letting it play out. And yeah, eight episodes. I don't know. Hopefully they learn this lesson and going forward, it's eight episodes with the stories they want to tell. Or they cut the story down a little bit to make it more streamlined over six. And you're not necessarily doing so much. 
But Iman Vellani was fantastic in this episode. Of the, her and Kamran having that moment together there. Bruno was great as well. Nakia getting more of an active approach. Yusuf coming in, having that beautiful moment oh. uh, with, uh, with uh, Kamala. And, and I wonder how people feel about, you know, I, I wonder how people feel about he being the one who, in essence, kind of names her, which I think is really sweet. Uh, and then also the the new way that she's named, where in the comics it's named through the fact Carol Danvers used to have that name. Now it's got a little more of a heritage approach to it. I think it was really beautiful for me uh, overall. So we're going to get into all of it. We're going to break it down into sections here. Everything before the high school, everything at the high school, and then these post-credit scenes or final scenes there, we jump into stuff. So that's how this review is going to go. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this thing. Okay, it's called No Normal, which is a nod to Ms. Marvel Volume 1 from 2014. So that was nice, which is written by G. Willow Wilson, who has a cameo in this uh, particular mm-hmm. episode. And Adrian Alfona as well doing the art here. So we start with Agent Deaver, who wants Cameron, who wants Cameron, uh, and Cameron is off with Bruno and he can't control his powers in the subway. Uh, Kamala wants to announce that she is Ms. Marvel to her family, apologizes first for everything that happened in the first five episodes. Uh, but then, of course, the family already knows because Muniba essentially uh, let it go and you uh, told Yusuf, and Yusuf was on the phone on speaker. And tell me, let me tell you something. Yusuf, I feel you, brother. As you get older, speaker is just so much more easier to do everything. You don't want to hang that thing on your ear. I totally get it. Anyway, Nakia FaceTimes. Yusuf Kamala takes the uh, answers the phone. She can't find Bruno. Uh, the circle queue's been exploded. Maniba, uh, we have this moment now. We go to Maniba and uh, Kamala, and, and, and who has uh, Maniba has made her costume, uh, which pays off the seed that was planted earlier in the series with the Hulk costumes. Then Bruno and Kamran end up at the mosque. Naki is there and says they need to head to the school because it's Saturday. The Department of Damage Control shows up. They stall them at the mosque. Then we get this exchange uh, with this uh, quote here that Deaver thinks is uh, from the Quran, but it's actually a Lincoln quote. Uh, we find out Naki has a boyfriend and his name is Miguel, which I think is a really funny scene there. Sheikh Abdullah helps them escape by putting caps on because that's how you hide in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and But he drops this really great nugget. Just because someone treats you as their enemy, it doesn't give you a right to treat them as yours, which I thought was really fantastic the guys walk out into an alley kamala finds them uh cameron's powers are exploding and hurting him they take off it becomes night uh uh kamala calls the red dagger to get Kamran out of town get him to the harbor by midnight and they get to the high school nakia is there they discuss her not telling nakia or kamala not telling nakia uh and they make up and the department of uh, damage control shows up all right so let's stop there uh, and let's uh, talk about this opening here. Mike, i go back to you. Uh, I thought it was a really uh, good opening, very sweet opening. We're back in Jersey. Let's have this. Let's reconnect with the family. Let's reconnect with what's going on with Bruno, Nakia, and Kamala having to make up. Uh, uh, sorry, Kamala having to make up on things. Uh, and also we get the costume moment with Muniba. So talk to me about this whole opening here before we get to the high school. Yeah, I think all the moments that were here were great. I mean, if anything, I just wish we'd had a little bit more real estate to spend some time with those moments. But given the amount of time they had, I think they hit all the beats really well. Like we see Bruno and Kamran. We get immediately the level of danger they're in. We get that Kamran can't control these abilities. Some really nice visual moments. I really like how like the whole hard light thing works. I think, you know, I wasn't 100% sure in the first episode. I was like, ah, how is this going to look? But I really uh, dropped in on it. So both when Kamala's using it and when Kamran's using it, I think it looks really, really nice. Um, I thought the whole scene with the family was great. I mean, when when Yusuf and Amir are like, oh, your (laughs) night, oh, 
And she's like, oh my God, you guys totally knew. Like, it's just this, I would, I would watch this family for hours and hours and they're just, there's just a cuteness to them. And I also really love, um, supportive superhero families. Mm. I think for years in comics, uh, the family was the obstacle. I have to lie to my family. I have to sneak around behind my family's back. My family doesn't want me to do this because it's dangerous. I'm too young. I'm too this. And so to have this entire family sort of rally around Kamala and be like, we support you. I mean, mostly mostly with Muniba. I mean, that Muniba relationship yeah. going from I don't trust you to, well, we trust her, don't we? Uh, and as you said, John, like leading into her making that Hulk costume in the first episode and then her being the one that makes her actual costume. Like yeah. there's just so many things that were set up early on that really pay off in just such a lovely, lovely way here. So I thought all of that was just really, really delightful. Um, everything at the mosque was great. I really yeah. enjoy every scene at the mosque. I think Sheikh Abdullah is just such a, again, charming character. I mean, I'm just going to say it over and over again. Everything about this show is charming. Um, the Lincoln quote moment is great. And he, Sheikh Abdullah has this great thing. He, he does this wonderful thing that even when he is faced with adversity, he's always pleasant. He's always smiling. He's always just so chill about it. Um, the boyfriend moment I find interesting. I am pretty sure that in the uh, in the filming of these six episodes, there was yeah. a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, right. I was reading it's somewhere... Weird. Like I was reading somewhere that um, the kid that she saves uh, on on the roof of the mosque was yeah. the sneaker bandit, uh, and then you have this really oh. funny moment with with this with Miguel in the room, which the joke plays like, "Oh, you think they're going to be in there, and it's this guy." But I think that joke would have landed harder if there had been scenes earlier on where this guy had a crush on Nakia. I agree. Like, uh, so I, I think that there's like a lot of stuff where not really that's not really a critique so much, but sometimes when you have that moment and you're like. Oh, who's that? Okay, cool. Uh, it usually means that somewhere down the line earlier in the season, there was a storyline or a moment or a scene that they had to cut for time. And I definitely got that vibe. Um, I give Marvel all the props in the world for making fun of their stupid people in baseball caps disguise. <laughs> like Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd made fun of it in Ant-Man and Wasp. We're making fun of it here. I, I love that this has become like, a nice self-referential thing in the MCU <laughs> that we can do because it really makes no sense at all. But when he puts those hats on them and he's like, here, you need a disguise. And you're just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this really just doesn't... I, I, Kevin Feige tried to sell us on this, but uh, yeah, I don't buy it. That is not a disguise. I mean, especially um, with big white letters on it. It doesn't really hide it. <laughs> um, uh, and then everything, and just really quickly, everything... Again, everything with Kamala uh, reaching out to the Red Dagger and let's get Kamran to the port. Like, it all makes sense. It just has this sense of it's all rushed. Like, we never... I kind of thought we were going to have some big third act battle at the port or something. And, like, that's just not where we end up. And, again, everything works and everything is emotionally satisfying. It just feels, like, jam-packed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going from one moment to another to another to another. And it's yeah. the charm that is doing the work for the show or for the script. But in the end, yeah, a couple of more episodes where we get a little more intrigue, get a little more drama, get a little more conflict with the red dagger going, no, I'm not going to help him. No, he's part of the negative clandestine. Why would I help him get a little bit more of that? You could have adds, added some more of that as well. So it's a little but, more like, you're not sure what's going to happen. Is it going to be Comron versus the red right. dagger? You know, things like that. I could get but it. all that being said to Shannon's point, I think the thing that gets you, 
through all of it and you still don't really mind is the fact that from Kamala to Bruno to Nakia to Red Dagger to Kamran to the family to Muniba to Yusuf to Amir to Sheikh Abdullah like to, from from top to bottom yeah, yeah. you're just invested in these characters so even though things feel a little bit rushed I'm genuinely to Shannon's point like I still care about what's going on and I'm still interested in every single scene because I actually genuinely like every character you just described numerous seasons of CW shows uh, Shannon, talk to, about, <laughs> talk to me about what you felt about this opening sequence here, these connections, and, and Nakia and Kamala making up as well. You know, f f friends sometimes battle, sometimes, especially young, all the emotions, especially a big secret here, a secret like being a superhero, all these kinds of things. Talk to me about what you felt about this opening here with the family, the costume, and also uh, as we get to the high school here. Well, I mean, to the to the diver of it all, yeah. Um, having her start and say that you know the the wrong people, yeah. this is what happens when the wrong people get powers, and her blonde assistant, who's just like ah, he's he's <laughs> he literally he literally goes, oh, <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> but when she then clarifies, which man clarifies, when she's like, I mean kids, yeah. It's like okay, this this is this is setting up for what uh, the end of the one of the <clears throat> one of the tags of the episode is uh, alludes to. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the family, like yeah, they're just so they're just so charming. Um, I think that acceptance of her superheroing, it's a little, it's a little sudden, but <laughs> I still think it's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, and Yusuf, uh, he's, he's just such a delightful character and watching the arc of Muniba yes. from this very distrustful parent to, she is the one as Vogel pointed out, she's the one who said, but we trust her. Right. And the fact that, oh my gosh, that her mom made her costume. Yes. I was like, this is lovely and watching bruno and Cameron sort of have this bruno's just a good guy man he is a good guy <laughs> i mean he might be permanently in the friend zone because oh, he's of the it. friend zone man but, <laughs> but he's just a good dude i mean i love the i i thought the, the they saved a lot of their effects budget for this last episode and mm -hmm. watching those shots of kamala's feet on the little hard yeah. light discs i mean that was just so much that was so much fun to watch. And then as she shows up and she sees the hats that Sheikh Abdullah, which I don't know if you guys read the the halal and haram. And halal yeah. is the the food that's been prepared according to like Islamic law, I think. And haram is something that's like bad. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they're wearing those hats, I thought was super, super funny. Um, them getting to uh, uh, the school where she sees Nakia I think that Nakia Kamala relationship is one that kind of suffered due oh. to the lack of runtime. That this is one area where we could have we 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 could have we could have uh, used some fleshing out of this relationship. Even mm -hmm. though we got some really nice stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do like do do we know that Nakia does like she? I think she had one line where she talks about the distrust of superheroes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's quite enough. I mean, it's possible that a lot of it could have ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think Kamala saying, well, you hate superheroes. I don't think that's necessarily supported by one line of dialogue. I right. think, I think you need a little, I think you need a little bit more. The moment with Miguel, which was again, solid comic moment. That was really funny. We meet him in episode two yeah. at the party 
And but again, it's like, oh, this would have landed so much harder if you just had a little bit more support. Like you don't need a ton. You need one or two more moments just to really help that moment land. Um where do where do we start? Where do we stop off? We stop right, at, I, with Nokia and uh, Kamal having that uh, coming together and having that conversation. So w- w- that's where we stopped. Okay, so then that then that is okay. That is my thoughts up. Good to go. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a good beginning, but I agree with both of you. Some some of the some of the family stuff feels a little rushed. I mean, Yusuf could have been a little bit more upset about it. You know, <clears throat> we could argue family dynamics. Oh, now uh, Kamala is going to be like the focus. And wait, I've been the focus. I've been the baby. I've been the you know. You could have had that a little bit, maybe feeling betrayed by her sister. And so that when he shows up later to help them, it's a way to kind of see that he now is fully on board with this whole situation as well. So we could have played a little bit that with the family would have been interesting. But yes, the moments with Muniba, the moments with Yusuf there, Yusuf being a dad, like Beta, I just worry, you know, do I have to, you're going to go off and do this. And she's like, you didn't raise me to stand by and not, you know, help people if I can help people. So a really sweet kind of coming back to this conversation about uh, their connective tissue, which happened in the first uh, couple episodes. We saw how much Yusuf is a good man and cares about people and all this. And, you know, throughout this whole uh, season, the series, rather, it's been about showing you another side of this idea, you know, of people who are of Muslim heritage, who worship at these mosques. You know, you get these, if you watch the media, you get this perception. So I like that this show is breaking those perceptions for anybody who's watching them and getting to see uh, another side of this, which I think is a really positive thing, to be honest with you. So for all the rushing and the checking of boxes and shoving everything in, I think, as Michael said earlier, they really nailed getting her background right, getting her foundation right. And the stuff with the family is a huge part of that. And I think you see that here in this first part for sure. Deaver doing her thing is an interesting. I I wonder where that's going to lead to, especially when how this thing ends, how this uh, how her uh, escapades end by uh, by the end of this finale. Where are we going to see her next? Mm, also, it's leading, it's leading to Sentinels is where it's leading. Yeah, Deaver's building some Sentinels. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. Let's see where this is going. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, but I do like the, and I agree with you guys on Yas. Look, Yasmin Fletcher has been fantastic as Nakia with the limited amount of screen time that she's got in this series. And she is the one most hard done by the limits. I agree with both of you. Would have been nice to see more with her. She's a damn good actress. I love her in this role. Let's have more of her going forward. If you're going to do a season two or if you're going to do a Ms. Marvel movie down the road, let's give Yasmin Fletcher more to do because she can certainly handle it uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, the stuff with Sheik is so – he's such a – and later when he shows up as a hot dog in the TikTok, it's all just perfect <laughs> for who he is. Uh, so I love it. He's been a great, great character because he's also come in – at the right he's had his own life but also come in to drop these little nuggets of wisdom which i think is really important you can't just have someone coming in dropping nuggets of wisdom and rolling on out there's more with him the way he stands up to deaver the way he cares about the mosque the way he cares about the people in the mosque uh is really sweet and even the moment where the the uh, nakia and kamala are calling him out for you know we can't hear you back here blah 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 he plays with it in a respectful way understanding their sentiments and then of course later on on the stoop when they're out there talking about heroes and the responsibility of heroes so this uh, saying what he says about enemies i think is a really powerful moment as well and then we mm-hmm. get to the high school so yeah all right so let's keep going here the department of damage control is there and who shows up but zoe zoe uh she shows up uh to say that she wants to help because she owes kamala for saving her life uh, Kamala lays out the plan to distract the department of damage control until they can get kamran 
to safety, of course, the harbor by midnight. Uh, Amir shows up, and we have a funny brother-sister scene between them, a funny chaperone moment, and he's there to help as well, as Michael alluded to, the family being a part of this now even more. Bruno and Kamala are going to science the shit out of things. we got softballs, fire extinguishers. Then Deaver calls in, and Agent Cleary tells her to evacuate, but she doesn't listen. So a nice little villain moment there. Naki and Zoe have a heart-to-heart about Kamala revealing, about Zoe knowing that Kamala was Ms. Marvel. So knowing that she had her powers before Nakia did, uh, Naki's still a little stung by that, but Zoe makes a comment about, well, she's going to reveal her secret when she's ready to reveal her secret. And this may be a connective tissue to the comics because Zoe comes out as a lesbian in the comics. And so she's afraid of how others will react in the comics. So maybe this is a connective thing here, which I think is really nice. Kamala tells Bruno about the death of Najma, which Kamran doesn't know. And then boom, the action starts. Department of Damage Control comes in. Zoe is live streaming. They're all in hoodies, which may be a Trayvon Martin reference. I don't know. Fire extinguishers are, are involved in this as well. And then we get a comment from the second in command to uh, Deaver who says, what, he can multiply now? Is this a multiple man reference, I thought to myself? We'll see. Ka- uh, Kamala and uh, Kamran have a sweet moment, almost kiss, and then who ruins it? But Bruno, of course, who tells them they got to get out of there. Uh, he distracts the DODC, gets arrested. Then we get to the softballs moment with Nakia, Zoe, and Amir. They, th- they think they're holding them off, but nope, they get arrested as well. Uh, Kamala talks to Kamran about the Red Dagger and his mother. Just then, a Department of Damage Control person jumps in through the window. I don't know. so random. Anyway, Kamala stops Kamran from killing him. Kamran realizes his mother is dead in a, in a scene right outside there of the bathroom, and she died trying to save their world the clandestine's world uh soldiers show up and kamran takes them down but again kamala stops him from killing them so we're seeing the difference here where she's acting like a hero and he's um, he's giving in to his anger using his power to hurt and harm other people the police is there trying to calm people down because now a crowd is coming out including uh kamala's family uh deaver tells him uh, uh, kamran comes out and makes an entrance i don't understand just open the door i don't know blowing the doors open i don't know what that's all about anyway <laughs> deaver tells him to get on his knees and remember this is a high school kid keep that in your mind as all this stuff is happening here deaver tells him to get on his knees as he powers up then orders everybody to shoot him uh kamala comes out to provide a jumps out to provide a shield and the department of damage control pulls out some huge tech that we haven't seen since the incredible hulk and blows up kamala's shield and sends them over the cars this is a truly unsettling moment i got here remember these are high school kids and just as the weapon is powering up again kamala says in biggin and destroys <laughs> i heard michael scream here in san diego when that moment happens they still try to shoot her as kamran joins the fight he sends a car at diva that almost flies in the crowd uh, kamala stops it diva picks up a gun and this causes kamran to fully unleash his power which almost kills Zoe, Bruno, and Yusuf, who are in a van there being held, uh, being arrested. Uh, Kamala walks through it, builds a <coughs> and then we get the age-old discussion of they're never going to accept you. Kamala counters that his mom saved this world for him. He says, how can I be normal now with all the stuff inside me? She says, there is no normal, which is the title of the episode, just us and what we've been given. She buys him time to get to the harbor. Deaver sends her Department of Damage Control after her, and the crowd and the cops cover her and block them. Kamala escapes and clearly, and Cleary calls Deaver and she is relieved of her duty as the crowd celebrates. So Shannon, a lot of action here. You're the action guy and the geek buddies. Talk to me about the, everything in the high school, the way it was all set up, the way it was shot, edited, and the way it went down. Did the moments all work leading to that moment between Kamran and Kamala out there when she has built the bubble? 
I mean, I hadn't thought about the uh, the idea that the final action sequence could have been at the port. I, I think that might yeah. have been a little bit stronger. Um, and more expensive, but, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's possible, but uh, it was funny. Like, you talked about the Michael Bay 360 shot of, yeah. like, when Zoe, <laughs> the, I mean, you want to talk about shoehorn. Like, Zoe runs in like, well, I, I use the lighting in the theater because of my, you know, it's good for TikTok. Um, this is another <laughs> one works. of those, like, oh, it, it would have been nice to have one more moment of Zoe. Yeah, one, yeah, you know, yeah. one more moment, because I think it just sets it up so much better. Um, again, uh, yeah, Shannon, I, maybe I, even a shot of her shooting her TikTok first, then hears the commotion, runs out, sees who it is, and wants to help. That's a look at that. <laughs> I mean, really just, just one more character beat yeah. before she kind of does a, a 180 and is suddenly on Kamala's side. I did think it was funny when she's like, well, Kamala saved my life. I was like, well, Kamala's fault that <laughs> you were in that situation. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, <laughs> Adil and Bilal, again, their direction as they're putting the whole plan together, it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I think this show probably because they did shoot um, overseas as well. I mean, I do think maybe that was probably uh, the job may have been too big for just one director or one directing team. Um, but man, I wish they would have been on for more of it because when there's just so much life to it, there's just this, there's an energy, there's an urgency. It's just so much fun, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to seeing what those guys do with uh with Batgirl. Um, oh, yeah. Watching those yeah. moments, like like the 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 Nakia Zoe moment, as you pointed out, John, like that that was a that was a nice moment. Like that is like you you do see Zoe's that that admission of like you know this is this is uh, Kamala's secret to tell, and I was like, oh, that's you know you 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 just really shore up those those character dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, there is a Keystone Cops vibe to the damage control team. Yes. Um, but this is where I do, the young adult aspect of it bothered me, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's like, it, it bothered me too, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is a younger, this is a younger show. I mean, this is, this is probably the direction that was the safer direction to go in. Um, and you did see at the beginning of the episode, they did talk about the fact that there are scenes in here that could, could uh, disturb some viewers. And it's because you have armed people in a school. Yeah, and shooting in high schools, shooting kids. in light of yeah. uh, recent events. It's like, yeah. uh, like I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this yeah. this could be very, very upsetting. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the hoodies, I don't think that was a Trayvon Martin thing. I think it was they they need the kids to all look alike, mm -hmm. and the easiest way to kind of obscure their identities is to put them in identical hoodies. But that was the um, point. The guy Zimmerman shot him because he just saw him in a hoodie and thought anybody in a hoodie is evil. And so that yeah, was... but I don't, but I don't think those two are connected. But that's okay. my opinion. Um, oh. All right. But um, the rest of the sequence, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it was funny here. You were talking about Bruno ruined it. I'm, I'm on Bruno's side. Oh, <laughs> I was like, not getting together. Yeah, I was like, Comron, you're trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno, he, this guy's a genius. He's gonna be rich one day. Stick with Bruno. Wow, you're like the mom. Go with the doctor. Go with I am the doctor. I am one hundred. Do not go with that bad boy. <laughs> um, I, I am one hundred percent the mom in that in that situation. Um, when you know, as when when Bruno is dancing, and I have to say, I, I cracked up when that damage control agent took him out. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a very like they filmed that for comedy. I mean, yeah, and like it it was funny. I love the moment, like that momentary triumph of Amir with the softball with the the softball shooter. He's like, it worked, and yeah. the way that they shot that 
because it's so fast um because you know the camera's on its side but it looks like they're being thrown up against a wall i'm like oh yeah. wait what 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 the and then as you turn like that was just really really clever camera work yeah that the they did yeah, yeah. um the whole thing where Kamran does discover that Najma is gone um really really solid work but by all mm -hmm. the actors here like I do think Iman Vellani had you know we talked about in episode five she she kind of had some moments that were a little a little forced a little strained um I didn't get that sense in this one um especially her scenes with uh Nakia I was like this is a very honest honest yeah. younger younger friendship um I, I did think it was cool that the way that at least to me and, and maybe i'm overthinking this the way that Comron's hard light powers sort of manifest themselves there's a lot there's a lot of sharp edges whereas mm -hmm. kamala's are a little more oh, they're yeah. a little more flat they're a little more rounded and i was like oh that's that's really smart um the moment the embiggen moment which again i'm not a oh. miss miss marvel reader but I've seen her in, in animation. Um, that's another one of those moments like, oh, that's great. I wish there had been some sort of setup to this, mm. like something like with Bruno trying to help her to, to help her to control her powers, like giving her giving her the idea, because I just feel like that in big and moment would have would have landed mm -hmm. harder. Yeah, um, maybe maybe the because like, Ant-Man has been such a prevalent part in the first few episodes and then was kind of not in the last couple episodes maybe something where she remembers what he did at the yeah. airport when he became big that inspires her to try yeah that's a great point <clears throat> yeah yep. something i i think because that embiggen moment that was for the comics readers because the right. audience okay. doesn't know they don't know that term like they've not been exposed to that and its relationship to miss marvel mm -hmm. so i do think some sort of seed at the beginning would have made that hit harder um but back to like the to the actual action sequence because we're so invested in, in all these characters um, the moments that Kamala is in danger and it cuts over to Yusuf, to Maniba, yeah, yeah. even when Zoe's uh, uh, live streaming and you see Auntie Ruby, who's a character we met in the first couple episodes, right. seeing, her, <laughs> seeing her get in her car. I mean, that was just so like the the Jersey City being on Kamala's side. It's it's shades of Raimi's Spider-Man in mm, the yeah. Spider-Man one and Spider-Man two, how like the city is just with with their hero um the action was just it was awesome i mean the moment that she catches catches the truck that Comron kind of yeah. fires at at deaver all just so so great and then when they finally do break through the lines before cleary calls her and you see the public line up in front of her like yeah. it's just it's so yeah. satisfying because and that's that's one of those moments that you can mostly forgive the crammed in nature of a lot of stuff that happens in the finale yeah i mean i think this is a great point because and you make it spider-man 2 now my mind starts spinning you know because there's that scene where she's using her powers and then the red light she waits for the red light to agree you could see spider-man doing something like that <laughs> and then the crowd surrounding her is actually is totally on the subway where they're like you know carrying him mm -hmm. and they don't want to reveal his his identity they care about the hero who takes care of them it's a really sweet uh, connection there for sure michael thoughts on this whole sequence of the high school how zoe is kind of shoehorned in how uh, amir shows up to help and uh, and then we see Cameron's powers and you know before we judge Cameron too harshly i mean a lot's been thrown at this kid he's been handed powers he didn't want his mom is dead like they're you know he's freaking out so maybe a little more understanding for Cameron's reaction here to all this that's happening maybe i don't know am i being too no, i think Sorry. no i think you're right i think that's definitely what they're going for i mean look to Shannon's to Shannon's whole uh, 
old Jewish grandmother who wants who wants Kamala to go with the good kid. Kamran is not necessarily a bad Michael's kid. I mean, Jewish we, Michael can make that comment. I just want to make sure it's clear. I don't want anybody to get upset. Go ahead. Yes. Listen, I had a Jewish grandmother. Uh, but no, I think that, you know, Kamran in the comics is way more of a villain than Kamran is in the series. Oh, yes. And I think Kamran, even though he's... Uh, maybe a little bit more trouble, maybe wasn't fully honest with Kamala. He's a good guy. And what we're seeing here is a good guy who makes some valid points about the way he's being treated. And you can see how easily it is for someone who is a good kid with good intentions, go down that road to becoming more radicalized. And I think that's what we're looking at here. So I think the fact that he has some validity to what his issues are, particularly with Deaver and damage control, I think is definitely intentional. Um, You know, I, I think that the whole like sort of Keystone Cops vibe of the of damage control uh, officers didn't really bother me. A, I do think that this is a Marvel show that's aimed more at the younger Marvel audience, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and B, they're no worse than stormtroopers, and we all fucking love Star Wars. Yeah, so listen, very true. Uh, that, that you, a bunch of stormtroopers walking through that high school would have fared just about the same. Um, <laughs> You're right. And they lost the Ewoks, uh, so yeah, good point. And I think, yeah, exactly. But no, and I think, uh, you know, without getting too much into the details, I think Shannon did really great covering the action. I think it was a lot of fun. I think they managed to do some fun stuff that felt surprising, but also felt like, yeah, that would work. Like, there wasn't anything that was so home alone silly that you were like, mm, okay, like, everything that happened, I was like, yeah, that feels like, you know, that's that, that that I accept that that is fun and it works for me. And I think that that would uh, keep damage control at bay. I think overall, as far as like uh, what Shannon was saying about Kamran's ability with the hard light being sharper and Kamala's being a little bit more rounder. I think that like that follows through to everything in fighting style and philosophy and kind of the arc of this whole story, which is Kamran is so angry. And again, with some validity, and he's lashing out and he is way more offensive, uh, offensive, not offensive, offensive in the way that he's using his weaponry. Um, so it is sharper. It is more meant to hurt. It is more meant to attack. And when so, you look yeah, at what to keep people away from him, yeah, because he's and, to, to keep people away, but also to harm them. Like yeah, when he yeah. starts whipping that those that hard light around, like he is knocking people down, taking people out. Yeah. It is sharp. And particularly because he doesn't necessarily have control over it. Even when you get outside the high school and you see that he is putting Zoe and Bruno and Nakia and everybody, like there is he is dangerous because he is angry and lashing out with that power. Kamala, for the entirety of the series, she is a defensive hero. She is a hero that protects. She she almost never, I mean, I think even in the third episode at the wedding, when she kind of like takes out the clandestine, she is defensive except for when they attack Bruno. And then right. she is protecting Bruno by knocking them down. But she is constantly um, protecting everyone around her. And I think that is very, very intentional. Uh, and it's why we kind of love her so much. Like, she doesn't want to harm. Like, she'll be the first hero that's like, hey, let's work this out. Let's talk this through. And if that doesn't happen, she has the strength to back up, uh, you know, kind of putting a stop to things. But I kind of liked watching that play out throughout this entire sequence. And kind of to Shannon's point, I think my favorite part of this, of the series, and my favorite part of this entire high school sequence was Zoe live streaming what was going on. Mm. And just seeing like that whole like game of like uh, telephone, social media telephone happen, where everybody saw what was going on, everybody rushed to the high school, 
Everybody showed up to help. And it does. It gets me. I mean, Shannon is 100% right. Like, for all that we would like another moment with Zoe, some more moments with Nakia, like a little bit of an extended time with the family, this moment of all of New Jersey coming up uh, to rally around their hero and say, you don't hurt her, she's ours. Like, it just hits so well. Uh, It's such a great, powerful moment. Even the New Jersey cops. Like, you even have the cops lining up against damage control. Like, so, like, everybody is like, hey, you don't belong here. You're you're overstepping your bounds. And, you know, I mean, I think maybe just given the world that we live in right now and the things that we've been through in the past few years, seeing everybody stand up to an authority and say, hey, you overstepped. This is not appropriate. Like, it hits home. So uh, I really, really enjoyed all of that. I think with all of it, like the only moment, like there's like, again, it's the rush of everything. Like even when Kamala and Kamran have that sort of conversation inside her bubble and she sort of punches the ground and a hole opens up and he leaves in the hole. Like there's just some moments where you're like, all right, well, we rushed that. All that being said, all of her embiggening stuff, yes, I was in Vancouver at the Vancouver airport watching this on my iPad, and you are not the only one that heard me scream. Some people turned and looked at me when I made a noise. So I definitely liked it. I thought they handled it really well. I thought it looked cool. Like, I I enjoyed the I think they really nailed the look of it uh, as sort of being a nice nod to what her powers are in the comics, but definitely still fitting in with what they've established. I do agree with Shannon. I think it would have been an easy thing in the training sequence uh, in the second episode for her to try and come up with a word as she's trying to like make her uh, her discs bigger and kind of be like, uh, embiggen. And Bruno's like, embiggen? Is that even a word? And she's like, leave me alone. And then when she said it, it would have paid off. So oh, yeah. I, think, I think, again, per the Nakia boyfriend scene for everything else, I'm 90% sure that was probably in the scripts and was probably shot and somewhere along the line got cut for time. Um, so I think that, you know, I think they probably did think of that and it's just not there because again, there was a lot of, uh, real estate to cover, but all that being said, I think that, you know, the, again, we're going to say this over and over, but the characters and the emotion carried you through. And so even though it felt a little bit rushed and we wish we had a couple, uh, a bit more time with some of these moments, all the moments did land. And I think it really worked nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, all of that and. That's a great point you bring up, Michael. We could have had that doing the training sequence, her attempt to, and, and that could have worked too. Like, oh, can you do Ant-Man's things? Go big, go small, you know, that kind of thing. Coming up with the word, that's genius. That absolutely would have worked. Um, and just to give a little background here with Kamran, Bisha K. Ali was speaking to Deadline and she talked about the character of Kamran and she says, in no world, quote unquote, that exists, will Kamran become a villain in my stuff. I will not write a young Muslim boy as a bad guy, she said. But that's not to say somebody else may want to take it in that direction in the future. So she that's that was her intention with Kamran to make her him more of a uh, sympathetic figure, an understandable figure. And certainly, you know, you, you know, some people can uh, have a good situation and can actually, you know, understand when they get powers and how to handle it. He clearly comes from a fractured family with some drama behind it. So it's going to come out in certain ways. It's all a defensive reaction. But yet yep. it's offensive, as you say, but it's also defensive because he's afraid. And so hopefully, and she said that she wants him to be part of the Red Dagger community if she was to go forward with this. So that could be an interesting twist from the comics for sure. Um, yeah, he's not attacking. He's right. he never he never goes on the offensive. Like Except for Deeper he, when he shoots the truck at her, yeah. Yeah. But even well, and I she think was just shooting at him just a second ago. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, still, but yeah. I also think and I also think, you know, and they do a really nice job of this is that even though him sort of 
uh, knocking that car does put all of the people yes. watching in danger. Right. When Kamala comes in and grabs it and grabs that car and saves everybody, yeah. uh, you know, they do cut to him and he breathes a sigh of relief. Like they definitely right. did go out of their way to be like, he's not a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. She says she sees he and Kareem are red dagger. I see Kareem and Kamran almost becoming brothers in the future. So he does find a home there. That is her intention in in this so interesting uh, approach to it for sure all right let's go into the last section here of uh, of the uh, finale here uh series we cut to a series of tiktoks about what happened uh that kamala is watching she looks at herself in the mirror well what well, we see a series of tiktoks uh we see um uh, uh the, the sheik abdullah there doing the hot dog thing as i mentioned the young kid with the broken leg saying he's the beta ta- beta test we also see um kamala, kamala khan creator G. Willow Wilson. She is one of the people talking, and she says, hmm, that Ms. Marvel costume looks familiar. So a nice little reference there. But we see everybody, as you mentioned. We see the auntie. We see uh, Zoe talking about it. We see all these people. And she's looking at these TikToks. And remember earlier when she was looking at the TikToks in a, uh, three or four episodes ago, there was a sense of like, okay, cool, but I don't know what this means. Now there's more of a stronger sense of pride, and that comes through when she looks at herself in the mirror, in her outfit. It's a really nice smile that she has. Um, we see her later out on the, I don't know what you call that, like a second level roof, I guess, because there is a overall roof, but there's a second level roof, maybe an overhang or whatever. She's out there uh, and Yusuf comes out and they talk about her saving lives. Uh, well, no, sorry, her dad joins her and they talk about her saving lives and we see Bruno leaving a letter in the locker room. Is a locker, is that too... Uh, Kamala, I, I had questions. I didn't know who the letter was for. <laughs> Nakia is redoing because I mean they show up a week later, so it's weird to leave a letter. Anyway, Nakia is redoing the mosque. Uh, we see her now, you know, embracing being a, a part of the board here. Kamran meets uh, the Red Dagger there, uh, and uh, we hear from Yusuf that they named her Kamala because she was just so perfect, which is what it means in Arabic, because they had tried for a long time to have a second child, and she was so perfect when she finally came. But in Urdu, Kamala means uh, wonder or marvel. Uh, and Yusuf, and she says, oh my God, do I have the same name as Carol Danvers? And he says, I don't know who Carol Danvers is, which is odd. I don't. I feel like he would know being her, his, her dad. He would know all these pictures, who these pictures are on her wall or whatever, but I don't know. And anyway, Yusuf says, you have always been our own Ms. Marvel. So that's a really sweet way to get her name. Uh, he hands her her mask, she takes it, takes off, and we see her uh, going off uh, through Yusuf's eyes, and he says, magic, uh, absolutely magic. And then we cut to her sitting on that lamppost as the camera goes up with a crane shot, um, and she's looking out on her city. And this is a nice reference to the iconic Ms. Marvel issue number five cover art. Then we cut to a week later, Bruno and Nakia show up in Kamran's car. Bruno tells her that he rechecked her blood, and she has a mutation in her genes because Amir we hear exactly the X-Men 1990s theme song. And this all came about because, of course, Amir wanted to know if he too might have powers <laughs> and be, get back to being in favor with the family. We shall see. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so that's a, a nice little moment there. I could also hear Michael screaming from Canada when that happened. And then we get a post credit scene where Kamala is in her room. Her bangle gets activated. We hear Muniba saying something about science. And then she is shot back into her closet. And who comes out of her closet but Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Brie Larson, as Captain Marvel in a new outfit with the gloves and a new haircut. And we see her go, oh, no, 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 no. And we cut to black. And by the way, this moment was directed by Nia DaCosta, who is doing the Marvels. She was already shooting the upcoming film with Brie and Iman Vellani at the time. So Marvel just decided to use this moment 
as a post-credit scene. But of course, there's connective tissues with the Bengals, a lot of questions. So we're going to get into all of that here as we break this section down. Michael, I go back to you. What do you think about these ending scenes here leading to the post-credit scene as well? Um, yeah, the scene with her and her dad was just lovely. Like It was just lovely. And just the fact that they kind of went out of their way to go, you know, her mask is from Bruno. Her cape is from the Red Dagger. Her her, 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 her scarf is from the Red yeah. Dagger. Uh, the costume is from Mom. The name is from Dad. I mean, yeah. it just really kind of hits home that she is a hero that was really made by all of the influences around her. And I think it's just, you know, it's just a really, really nice way to end everything. And as he's talking, we see these things. It is funny. This is what happens sometimes with like post-credit sequences. And this one week later thing, I kind of count, even though it's at the end of the episode, it kind of has yeah. that post-credit sequence vibe. Yeah, like it's, I think the intention is that Bruno is leaving Kamala a letter saying, hey, I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, that we would pick up with in a season two, but then we have to get into the mutation things. So we're like, oh, he's, but he's also going to stop by with Kamran's car and talk to you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, but if you kind of take it as its own, it's kind of like we wrap everything up from the season. We see that Bruno has kind of made his decision. He's leaving Kamala a letter. Um, you know, we see Nakia sort of like already sort of trying to change things at the mosque. And it's sort of the two sides of, uh, of, of you know, the, um, the, the, culture of the mosque you have like the younger progressive woman the older more conservative male sort of already sort of like arguing it out about what they're going to do which is kind of like a nice hint of things to come and then yeah and then you see Kamran kind of like meeting with red, the red dagger with uh and you kind of get a sense of like okay well this is something so as a season ender, if there's going to be more Miss Marvel, they really do kind of set all those pieces out on the board and say, this is what yeah. you can expect. And then just ending on Yusuf looking at his daughter walking away and just going like magic. Like it was the pride in his voice. Like it was just really, really lovely. So then, yeah, you cut to one week later, you get this funny little moment with the three of them. Um, I love, before we get to the mutation part, I love that we end it uh, with like a double, a double pop culture nod, like get in losers, we're getting shawarma, like yeah, to go, like, to do yeah. a, to do a Mean Girls Avengers mashup kind of feels <laughs> just right for the Miss Marvel vibe. So I kind of loved that we went there. Um, uh, so that was really adorable. And just in general, the three of them, kind of to Shannon's point, there's just an honesty to all of the kids and their relationships. The way they interact with each other, the way they talk to each other, you know, sometimes you watch movies with a bunch of kids and it feels like a bunch of kids acting like high school students or acting like their friends. And here there's just such a sort of honest, pure, like silliness to the way they interact with each other. And it's a lot of fun. Even when like Bruno comes up to her and he was like, so I was studying, uh, I was studying your test results again. And she was like, I told you if you're bored, you really just need to call me. Like, you know, there's just there's just like some funny little bits. But yeah, I do think like, you know, I don't I don't want to say that we're you know, like we've been burned before. We got a we got a quicksilver in WandaVision and we all got real, real excited. And that turned out to be a whole heap of nothing. Um, a big boner is what it turned out to be. Um, so, like, you know, I think from the moment that uh, that phase four has kicked off, we've all been going, is it mutants? Is it mutants? Is this how we get mutants? Oh, this is how we get mutants. The mutants are going to come through here. The mutants are going to be here. Professor X is multiverse of madness. It's mutants. Nope, he just died. Like, it's just like we've just over and over and over again. But I do think this is the first time that someone has straight up said mutation yes. in the MCU. And to follow that up with just that little da na 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 like I don't think we can get a clearer uh, <laughs> signal, but if this is not it, 
I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flip a table on somebody. Yeah. Um. But I do think this is it, and I do think that they are making a point. You know, Kamala Khan came along in the comics at a time when, because 20th Century Fox had the X Men, Marvel was making the decision to not give the uh, competition more cool characters. So everybody kind of became an Inhuman for a while. There was a big Inhumans were the big thing. We are now no longer in that time period. And I think that now um, both Kamala and arguably Kamran might end up being two of the first mutants that we see in the MCU. Um, And oddly, their entire debate that they have uh, at the end of the episode of these people will never understand you and then these are my people very much shades of a Magneto and Professor X's conversation. So I think that, I think Deaver sort of talking about kids with powers and all of the issues that come from that. If you look at everything they did with Deaver, with damage control, with this idea that there's now like younger people with powers that need to be monitored and controlled and this is too dangerous and we need to do something about this. This all sounds right up the alley of what X-Men is all about. So it's very interesting that they did that, and it'll be interesting to see how people respond to that. If Kamala Khan is sort of, uh, you know, waving that mutant flag for everybody, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from there. Yeah, and just to add to that, I mean, the Inhumans, which is what it was in the comics, they're a result of the Kree mm-hmm. experimenting on ancient humans, and mutations come from the Celestials experimenting on ancient humans in the comics, the X-Gene. So it still can kind of work because we've got celestials now it could all still work in a way so they're in a roundabout way they've been laying the groundwork uh, for this whole mutants and mutation things and why not have it be ms marvel be the first one that's a nice new way into it rather than resuscitating you know cyclops and gene gray and all that all over again you could still have them this is just a new way in so yeah i kind of like it um uh, the ms marvel or the captain marvel scene oh right sorry um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think this this post credit sequence may be like right out of the movie. Like, I'll, I don't know that they will start. Right. No, exactly. I don't think it's similar to uh, in Doctor Strange when the post credit sequence was Strange talking to Thor and filling the beer thing, and that was oh, actually yeah. a scene right from the beginning of Ragnarok. I don't know that they'll start the Marvels movie with Carol Danvers in uh, in Kamala's house. You know what I mean? So I do think we will sort of have the mis- have the Marvels movie come out and what we saw happen here might be in the movie. Um, but yeah, it very much looks like Kamala and uh, Carol Danvers uh, trade places because of that bangle, um, which I believe is something that the Negabands do in the comics. Um, so I think that like that's going to be a big part of the movie. And I hope it is because that means that not only are we going to see Kamala Khan in Marvels, but it means we'll probably see Kamala's family, which I am 1000% on board with. So I think it's really interesting. Uh, I did, it was, it, it's a fun moment. I did think like, what the fuck does Carol Danvers think? She shows up in a room <laughs> filled with just images of Carol Danvers. Like it was very much like, this is her version of misery. Like this is like this is like James Caan. <laughs> like what is going on here? Kathy Bates comes in with an axe. Like it's just like a whole thing. But uh, but yeah. So I think I think it's really exciting. It gets me stoked for the Marvels. Um, and uh, and and I liked her new look. I thought she looked cool. Yeah. I liked the outfit. I liked the hair. I thought it was all looking good. 
coming in here, Mrs. Marvel. Mm. Yeah, I can see that instead of Mr. Man. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on the final sequences here, the ending stuff uh, that went on, and, of course, the Captain Marvel uh, post-credits scene. Love the TikToks. Love yeah. the encapsulation of all the residents of Jersey City claiming ownership of their hero. It was just so, it was so much fun. You, you, you know, we get to see the guidance counselor who we haven't seen since like episode two, I think. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Getting Sheikh Abdullah, getting uh, Najaf, the, uh, the falafel, the, fo- the, the food truck guy. Um, yeah, that was just, that was just awesome. And then that moment where you have that, it was very John Hughes. Um, you hear you you have that that synth song playing as you see she's looking at Carol Danvers or Carol Danvers rather is in the background but she's now looking at herself in the mirror yeah and she's becoming she's become her own hero which you know just thematically that's just awesome uh, I do agree about the moment that Bruno slips the letter and I was like does Kamala I mean, is it Kamala's locker? We're presuming. Yeah. But the fact that Kamala hasn't checked that locker in a week is pretty funny. Um, the scene with her and Yusuf, I, I totally cried. You know, I'm, I'm very, um, very sensitive to stuff with dads right now. Um, so watching that scene, because, you know, she had, she had a whole episode with her mom where, right. I mean, really two episodes where they really kind of got to um, – understand each other's point of view and even though we only really got one scene with yusuf it was it was awesome you might say it was magic um and then the the genesis of her name um like i've not looked that up to see if that that's what it means in urdu but i'm like if that is accurate i'm assuming it would be i don't think they would put it out yeah i really don't think they (laughs) um it was just again it was just so perfect and watching how her you know the sum of her parts is are the people in her life and it's just so it's just so so nice um the moment that we hear the x-men sting Mm. um when they inevitably make this x-men movie if they don't use that that music because they've used it twice now that they used it in multiverse of madness now they've used it in miss marvel i really hope that the x-men Animated series gets some love, and that's the score. That's the theme for the big screen X-Men. Um, I don't quite get how the mechanics of it work, that she's half clandestine. She's able to access the Noor because of this bangle, but she's also a mutant. To me, that's a little foggy, but ultimately I'm kind of like, okay, I'm sure it well, makes sense. I don't care. Yeah, I think part so- of the reason – well, I think part of the reason they did it is because – if the only thing that made her able to use the bangle is that she is half human and half clandestine, cl- clandestine, then her grandmother should have been able to do it, and her mom should have been able to do it, and Amir should be able to do it, because they are all part human and part clandestine. True. So anyone anyone who's uh, descended from Aisha uh, would have, ha- and Hassan would have had the same ability so i think they needed to do something that separated her it still is a little wobbly for sure because she is half something else or at least quarter something else or whatever how to i don't know how to genetics work but uh but i think that they're you know having that other piece of it 
that goes, oh, this is why you could do this. Like you and Kamran had this thing in common. And particularly because in the comics, her and Kamran had uh, inhuman DNA in them. And Amir, you know, they, there's actually an entire arc in the comics where Kamran, because again, he's more of a villain, um, kidnaps Amir and tries to expose him to Terrigen Mists to see if he's inhuman. And uh, and it doesn't take and it doesn't work. And there's a whole bunch of comedic stuff where Ooh. Amir has powers. Comics Kamran really is a bad guy. Yeah. Oh no, Comics Kamran is straight up a villain. <laughs> like he, we, I'm, I'm, I'm way more on board with like, uh, with a TV series Kamran. He's a much nicer guy. Um, but so my point is like, I think they're just like switching out one for the other. So in the same way that, uh, Kamala Khan's inhuman, uh, part of her DNA activates whether it's because she's part clandestine, whatever, I think they will make a point and maybe explain it down the road or just be like, yeah, she has a mutation. Like there was a mutation that she has because her human part had a mutation that allows her to do this, that maybe she has more ability. Maybe they'll reveal that like there's something about her that gives her some other added ability that also allowed her to use the hard light. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it, but uh, it's definitely a bold move and it's definitely uh, exciting. Yeah, to finally get to mutants, at yeah. least like put our toe in the water. I mean, and getting to the Carol Danvers scene now again. Uh, I, I read some stuff online afterwards, and some people were saying that Kamala had morphed. Yeah, but into uh, Carol Danvers. Marvel has said no. That's not no, Marvel. Came okay. Out. Yeah. yeah they said I mean, so again, again, I was looking at it. I'm like, there's a bunch of stuff here that it's like the the oh no 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 does not seem like the Carol Danvers that we have met, but the fact that she's staring at all this stuff in the room it's like well kamala would know that yeah. stuff was there right. so it was just it was a little i mean again not being a comics the miss marvel comics reader it was a little it was a little hurt for me but uh yeah, like the still well, no, I, I mean if anything if anything i think the the miss marvel comics readers probably confused the issue for everybody just because in the comics because she is also such a huge fan of carol danvers uh, when she first comes out of the Terrigen cocoon, uh, Terrigen mist in human cocoon that she's in, her powers are uh, allow her to morph. They kind of settle into the part where she's just stretchy, but she takes on the form of Carol Danvers, and they kind of do this whole thing where, again, kind of like, it, just like in the series, and I think, Shannon, you said it really nicely, how at the beginning of this series, she is very much like Carol Danvers is the hero and I'm dressing up as her, and at the end, she's like, I am now my own hero, in the comics, she legit literally takes the form of Carol Danvers at the beginning and then becomes who she is. So I think like when people saw this moment happen, there was a lot of, oh, this is that moment. She somehow turned into Carol Danvers. But just thematically, because we've kind of seen her grow into herself over six episodes, that doesn't really make sense. And I think the oh, no, 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 to me, read more like, I was just on the other side of the galaxy doing some huge, very important alien business, and now I'm in New Jersey. Right. Oh, no, 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 this is bad. I got to get back out there is the way that I read it, which does strike me as a Carol Danvers kind of thing. I also think that when we get to Marvels, I'm hoping uh, that Nia DaCosta and the creative team, you know, kind of give us a little bit more to play with with Carol Danvers, who would yeah. be a character who could say things like that and be kind of more relaxed. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's odd because, I mean, there's a mirror right there. I think if she turned and saw herself as Cara Danvers and said, oh, no, no, then maybe that's a thing where she's kind of – or she's looking at herself a little right. bit more and being like, oh, my God, that's a whole another – that would have, I think, been the morphing thing for sure. Um, the oh, no, no makes sense because maybe she has found the – remember, 
I brought this up a couple episodes. There's still another band missing. So another bangle missing. So where is that bangle? Maybe she's found the bangle and that's caused them to switch places or whatever. Cause the bangle works both bangles together. And I think in the comics work, you can go to a different dimension or go to a different place separately. They still work over long distances, but together you can go even farther. And it did feel like dimensional shifting. Cause the way it was like, it reminded me of um, America Chavez in multiverse of madness and the way she's able to break through universes. So it felt similar to that. So uh, I never thought she morphed. I thought it was just a switch. And so that's uh, we'll see how that plays out, obviously, in uh, uh, the Marvels coming. Look, uh, I, I liked um, this ending. I like this. End. It was really sweet. The conversation with the dad. Very nice. Just like Shannon. I also, you know, that never goes away. Unfortunately, the dad stuff is is just always there and it kind of moves you in those moments. And it was really sweet. And once again, as you said, Michael, really well, we had all this time with Muniba. We needed to touch base, base with Yusuf a little bit longer in this episode. And we got more scenes with them together, Yusuf and uh, Kamala. And so it was nice to see them have the conversation there. And um, yeah, and I think you said it perfectly, Mike, the fact that all these pieces are the connective tissue uh, that influenced her to create the overall Ms. Marvel that she will be. And it's great. And that'll keep influencing her down the road. Um, uh, the stuff with uh, the mutation, great. I'm down. I already, I'm, I'm cool with it. Make it work. But the thing with Marvel, and we found this in Falcon Winter Soldier and at times in other uh, Marvel TV shows, <clears throat> certainly multiverse of madness just because you introduce something doesn't mean they always get it right so or, or fully complete so i'm nervous now where i was i would be confident if all this phase four stuff was really well done i'd be much more confident now i'm a little nervous because that's a high tight rope that everyone has been waiting for in the who are mcu fans and so there's a lot of ways that can go wrong and certainly the X-Men universe has gone wrong in a number of ways in the Fox universe. And it's always done, also done, they've done some good movies, but they've also done some bad ones. And the last thing you want is to mess this up. So I'm, I'm hoping that they put that tightrope up high enough and they'll actually walk across it this time rather than falling off as they have a few times, in my opinion, in phase four. So I'm down with it. Uh, yeah. Anything else on that? Anything else on that? On the no, okay. I mean, no. We could talk. We could talk for another twenty-five minutes about what we think is going to happen with mutants now, because we're all every 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 single geek listening to Geek Buddies right now is like mutants, mutants. Give me the mutants. Give yeah. me the mutants. But I think we'll like let's just wait and see what they do. Yeah, uh, and we'll see. I mean, the band's also connecting up to. We did see the Shang Chi Ten Rings thing earlier a few episodes ago. So uh, how is that all going to be yeah. playing itself out? It'll be really well, interesting. Yeah. I mean, to that point, I mean, the last time we saw Carol Danvers, just really quick, the last time yeah. we've seen Carol Danvers in the Marvel Universe was when she and Bruce Banner and Wong mm -hmm. um, and Shang-Chi were like looking at yeah. uh, examining the Ten Rings and saying there was a signal and it was going out wherever. So to your point about the negabands kind of being these things that could like take you across dimensions or across yeah. the universe. If Carol Danvers was, if we open up on Marvels and Carol Danvers is out sort of trying to hunt down what it is that the Ten Rings were trying to reach out yeah, to and she does signal. find yeah. a yeah. bangle or some piece of the signal or whatever and touches it and that's what causes the switch, that would completely track and make sense and that that feels like that kind of connective thing that Marvel does really well when they're doing it right. Oh, Shang-Chi's rings, Carol Danvers was doing this, the bangle does this. Oh, they switched, now they have to set like that. That feels like that could be a thing that could start to feel really like, oh yeah, Marvel's back. So we'll yeah. see, but I, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm definitely hoping that Marvel's and... Uh, well, I'm very, I'm, I, I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about after this week at Comic-Con. 
sure. uh, and as we get into uh, Wakanda Forever and Marvels and this next kind of phase of things that is happening in Phase Four, uh, personally, given my own tastes, uh, I hope that it sort of gets us back on track after uh, after a disappointing multiverse of madness and a very very funny but not necessarily one hundred percent home run of Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, well then, uh, any final thoughts? Well, I'll go to Shannon first since you just finished talking, Michael. Mike, uh, Shannon, final thoughts on uh, this um, episode and the series overall? I mean, again, as you all have said, the things that they got right, they got incredibly right. I do think by um, not totally serving the clandestines and not totally serving damage control, they sort of uh, didn't do either one justice, which was sort of, you know, that was sort of the, the ding on the show. But Kamala, her family, her friends, can't wait to see them i have to imagine in the marvels when our characters hit their low point in act two that carol monica and kamala are going to end up at the con's house hiding out <laughs> that is my that is my guess right now as of right now i mean i would probably put miss marvel at number three of the disney plus series behind wandavision and hawkeye but it is a very very solid number three though okay fair enough michael thoughts on uh, this finale overall final thoughts and then on the series overall yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, I echo everything Shannon said, and I would just say that this series reminds me a lot of like a lot of phase one Marvel, uh, you know, whether it be the first Iron Man movie, the first Thor movie or the first Captain America movie. There was a whole lot of eh, the third act kind of wasn't the best. The third act wasn't kind of the best. The villain didn't 100% land for me, but I really, really, really like these heroes and I want to see more of them. Uh, and I think that this kind of falls into that category. I think that the third act stuff with the, you know, the clandestine, the wrap up of them and damage control maybe wasn't 100% everything I wanted it to be, but boy, do I love these characters and do I want to see more of them. So, you know, I think we said this with the first, I, I said this with the first episode. I was so nervous going into this because Kamala Khan is such a popular character, such a personal favorite of mine, and I just really, really, really wanted them to get her right. And so despite the fact that like not everything hit all the boxes for me, um, they got her right. And she is in the Marvel Universe now, and she's in the Marvel Universe in a way that I like with an actress who I think is nailing it. So I really couldn't be happier. And just like Shannon, I put it at number three. WandaVision is still my bae. I love it so much. It's still my fave. Hawkeye is number two for me. And then a very, very close second is Miss Marvel. Okay. I don't remember where I put it. I think I, I think I have Loki number one. I think it's Loki, Wanda, Hawkeye, then Ms. Marvel, then just about everything else. I think that's how I have it. Um, I love Loki. I don't want to tell you. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, overall, I like the series. I think it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. Launching this hero, giving you the foundation and the base of this family, and having you connect with this culture. That was the point, right? And so they nailed that. I have a lot of issues with the clandestine stuff, a lot of issues with the weak villains, a lot of issues with how they, uh, the Department of Damage Control, as, Mike, as uh, Shannon said earlier, were Keystone Cops for the entire series. I have a lot of issues with that. But you know what? That wasn't the point of this series. It was to launch uh, Ms. Marvel to get you to meet uh, 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 Kamala Khan and Iman Vellani as an actress so you can get ready for uh, w- for what's coming here for the sequel to Captain Marvel. So that makes all kinds of sense to me. So overall, I think it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. I liked it, um, and I would like to have seen more, but maybe down the road we'll see that in a second season, if there is a second season. Because certainly I don't want this to be the last we see of uh, Nakia, of Zoe, of uh, uh, Amir, of Yusuf, of Muniba, 
of all the people involved here, the Sheik, all the people involved. I don't want to be out of this community. I don't want to have two or three scenes in a movie. I want to have a little more time with this community. So I hope there's a second season or a Ms. Marvel movie. I'm down to see that down the road. Or both. Or both. Sure. Why not? Why not? Okay, fair. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this spoiler review episode of Ms. Marvel, Episode 6, No Normal, the finale here of Season 1. We hope you appreciated uh, it. And, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Um, listen, no matter what your thoughts on phase four, uh, you know, we're going to keep talking about it and we want you to keep listening to it. And so if that's going to happen, here is how you can help us out. Uh, definitely hit that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, check out all the amazing content he's got, leave your comments below. What did you think of the finale? What did you think of Miss Marvel as a whole? What do you think about the post credit sequence with Carol Danvers? And what do you think about mutation let us know below uh if you're listening to us on spotify or apple podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available leave us some comments and some stars there so that we go up in the rankings of entertainment podcasts and more people can find us and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your social send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies Yo, have it in big end today for sure uh, from us here at the Geek Buddies. Uh, and thanks to Carbon Health who powers and sponsors us here. Go to CarbonHealth.com for any of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs, or download their app so you can have a doc in your pocket. You know, they want to create fantastic healthcare plans for you to take care of yourself and hang out and be a part of the Geek Buddies for as long as possible. We'd love to have you around. So go and check them out. They got 125 locations nationwide, 80 plus locations in California alone. Carbon Health. Com. All right, we're out of here. You guys are amazing. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode or spoiler review episode here from the Geek Buddies. I'm warmed up now. That's good. Hey! hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.